Welcome to Amplify, stories of university community collaborations. I'm your host, Jennifer Siplett. Amplify is a production of CU Engage, the Center for Community-Based Learning and Research at CU Boulder, in partnership with Community Radio KGNU. You can hear us on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. on our website, www.colorado.edu backslash CU Engage, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Our show aims to amplify the voices of community members and CU Boulder students, staff, and faculty who are working together in interesting and innovative ways to bridge the gap that often exists between university research and resources and, on the other hand, community efforts to create public impact and social change. On today's show, I'll be speaking with our colleagues from Denver Public Schools to discuss the exciting expansion of their Action Civics program, known as the Student Voice and Leadership Program, or SVL program. The SVL program nurtures the whole child and supports youth and adult partnerships to leverage community assets and create change. The SVL program, as we'll hear on today's show, has been life-changing for many student leaders in the Denver Public School System. When students discover their core strengths and apply them in real-world experiences through the Student Voice and Leadership Program, school cultures are transformed and young people gain new skills in advocacy, organizing, and civic engagement. CU Boulder, UC Denver, and Rowan University have together collaborated with leaders from Denver Public Schools to recently receive a $1.4 million grant from the Hewlett Foundation and Jobs for the Future to advance, expand, and study the Student Leadership Program in Denver. Today, we will hear about the plans to expand the SVL program in Denver and what role university graduate students and faculty from CU Boulder, UC Denver, and Rowan University will play in helping this action civics work move forward. My guests today are Solicia Lopez, Director of Student Voice and Leadership for the Denver Public School District, Ananas Mustafa, Coordinator for the Student Board of Education School Leadership Program Model for Denver Public Schools, and Esperanza Garcia, a high school senior at South High School in Denver and a student leader in the Young African American Latinx Leaders Program, also known as the YAL Program. We would also like to give a special shout out to our university principal investigators on this collaborative project, including Shelley Zion from Rowan University, Carlos Hipolito Delgado from UC Denver, and Ben Kirshner, who is the faculty director for CU Engage and the principal investigator on this project at CU Boulder. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Um, so Alicia, I wanted to start with you. Could you describe for our listeners, what is Action Civics? And how is the Student Voice and Leadership Program a model of Action Civics? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so Action Civics, as we define it in Denver Public Schools, is really how we mold and blend civic leadership with our education system and how we can um, how we can train and give our young people the tools needed to be able to lead civically in their schools, in our schools, in our community, and in their homes, right? Um, one missing piece of, of, of leadership is how, how we get students engaged civically and what that means to be a civic leader. And so it's really important that we continue to grow this programming within Denver Public Schools um, it, it allows our students to define, develop, and practice their civic muscle, if you will, when it comes to organizing and educating and advocating for things that they're passionate about um, and, and things that are, are due for some, some social change and um, social justice. And they are ready, 
right? If we really say that we, that our young people are our future and um, our future leaders, then we need to give them the tools uh, necessary to be able to lead in that, in that fashion. And it should be done in our education systems. And so are all of the students who are involved in the program high school students or how, how, what's the um, age range of the students who are involved? Yes. Yeah, so currently our programming serves high school, high school students. We um, are a small team of, well, soon to be three, currently two full time staff members for student voice and leadership that lead this work. And we will be onboarding a third person within the next week, actually. And we do programming in and across all of our high schools, but student board teams, which is one of our programs, serves 22 different high schools. And then our YAL crew, which is the Young African American Latino Leaders, they're young students of color that come from across the district at the high school level. Let's turn now to Esperanza. I'm curious about your experience, Esperanza, as a student in Denver Public Schools. So you're a senior this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Okay. And so can you tell me how you got involved with um, with the YAL program and and how you see this changing your school environment in Denver? Before I even joined y'all, I went to a little retreat called the Tierra Maria Youth Leadership Institute. And there I kind of learned of the, the inequalities and stuff that face especially our youth. And I felt that it was kind of my priority and my obligation to be there for my people. So I decided that I wanted to do something involved in my district. And at the time, I wanted to join my Senate crew, which is like a Senate is kind of like student leadership at my school, but they wouldn't allow me because my GPA was too low at the time. So I was like, what else can I do? I wanted to be civically engaged. And so y'all gave me the opportunity to be there and to be present and to be a student and to be a leader. And how many other students are involved in, in the y'all program? Um, I think there are, what, like 17? 17 students, I believe, in the y'all program at the moment. And they're, and they're from all different high schools around Denver or all from your high school? All from different high schools. From different high schools around Denver. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Okay. And so has how has that experience been for you to get to know other other Latino, Latina, and and African-American leaders from, from other high schools ar- across the city? It definitely is a reminder that within the struggle for, for a just education system that we're not alone, especially because a lot of times within schools, we see a lot of... We see a lot of difference and barriers between our schools because we're always like, you know, we're, we're rivalry schools. We're not supposed to be together. So by seeing each other and like just saying that like we're all the same, we're all within the same district, within the exact same American educational system, we see that we're all more alike than unalike. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Ananas, I'd like to talk about the, um, the, the Student Board of Education School Leadership Program model. Can you tell me a little bit about how that works and the students that are involved there and what you're trying to achieve? Absolutely. The Student Board of Education model uh, involves students from across the district. There are about two to three different Student Board of Education representatives um, from each different high school that participates. Those students have applied to participate in the program. And the idea of the program is that students um, will be liaisons on behalf of their school as leaders for their school between their school and the district as a whole, including the Board of Education. Um, the Student Board of Education model is a civic leadership model, as Celicia mentioned. And so we work with students to identify a social justice issue in their schools, and then they go through a series of, of um, workshops and activities, which is based on our measurement of youth policy arguments curriculum that was developed by our uh, research team. So what I'm really curious to know is, 
how you see this affecting the students that you're working with, like their participation in the the, the, the student board and mm-hmm. like working, you know, working as leaders in that civic engagement model, the transformation that you see not only in them as individual students, mm-hmm. but in the culture of the school mm-hmm. um, and how or the culture of the district, really. Um, and if and how you're how you're seeing this program um, make that kind of change, both in, you know, the like from the very individual level in the life of a particular student to this more macro level at the district at the district level. And now with this grant, you know, hopefully what some creating a program that can potentially be replicated on more of a national level mm-hmm. for other for other districts such as that are similar to Denver in some demographic ways. Absolutely. So the Student Board of Education, in essence, we're giving students practical skills for influencing change, both in their lives, in their communities, whether it's their school communities or their communities at large. So students go through um, this program with the the idea of growing their own leadership. A lot of the times they get involved because they think that um, a program like this is going to to give them skills to prepare for for college or their resume, but they come out of it as young activists and community organizers and um, civic leaders because we're giving them the opportunity to, in essence, have have these a toolbox um, where that they can go to when they feel like things are impacting them, injustices, oppressions in their school communities or things that normally would feel out of their control, they feel like they have the tools to engage with it and change it. Um, And so students like Esperanza, or uh, whether in the Young African American and Latinx program or Student Board of Education, which we normally refer to as ESPO, um, go through this process um, and we ask them to do to do one major thing. We ask them to identify a social injustice in their school, um, something that is impacting them, that feels personal to them or to students around them in their community. Um, so it has to be practical, not something that is a big meta idea, but something that is on some level, something that they see around them, influencing them. And when they identify that issue, we ask them to identify the root cause of that issue. Um, once they identify the root cause, we lead them through uh, a process of um, mapping out the the issue as a whole. What happens? How is it happening? Who's perpetuating the issue? Who are the, the stakeholders and the game changers? Um, and once they have a, a broader sense of the issue that they're, they're looking at and, and they can understand all of the different factors that influence um, this injustice, they're able to come up with a solution, uh, uh, specifically a policy change solution, to try and um, stop this this issue from happening or somehow um, interrupt it. Um, and so we're really, I mean, really what we're looking at here is equipping young people with, with skills to not feel helpless. And I think that we're living in a time that students feel, by and large, I mean, politically, feel incredibly helpless um, with the things that are impacting them on a personal level. And when they go into schools, we don't want them to feel this continued sense of helplessness. And and so I think a program like Student Board of Education, as well as Young African American and Latinx Leaders, but especially ESPO in terms of the measurement of youth policy arguments curriculum that... Um, and, and rubric that we've developed with um, with the guidance and, and brilliance of our, our, our research partners, we're able to, um, to give them these practical uh, 
these practical skills so that they can feel like they have tangible ways to engage with the 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 different uh, injustices that are impacting them on a day-to-day basis. That's great. And so, so Alicia, I'm, can you say a little more about how the partnership then with the university partners um, came to be and, and, and how now working together with this new $1.4 million grant, which congratulations, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, from the Hewlett Foundation of Jobs for the Future, how, how, how this university partnership with Denver Public Schools is is slated to expand the program and make the program more effective. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so our, our partnership began with, with our, our civic inquiry, um, our critical civic inquiry research crew about two and a half years ago, I guess. And it really was just this conversation where one of our um, – one of our students, one of our PhD students who was a friend of mine in the community and doing community work, you know, she started her PhD programming, Ginny Logan. And, you know, she said, hey, I think we need to make this connection. I'm doing this really great work with, the, you know, a crew of researchers and faculty. And we have this rubric and we just met and and started brainstorming and exploring, um, connected with Ben Kirshner from CU Boulder and it it just went from there and and the way I think for me as a practitioner inside of the system it was really the 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 butter to my jam um if you will because I had this concept and I had brought the work you know to a certain point and and research and data and you know specific curriculum one I didn't have the capacity to really build out because I was developing programming and implementing at the same time um so the curriculum was like the butter to my jam right like this can this can really work and really be a great partnership and and you know fast forward into now it's been it's been a fabulous partnership i think that our researchers are really mindful of like allowing us to be you know to own our work and be the experts in our field um while giving support and resources they're also helping us with it you know obviously the evaluation piece cuz cuz they're gaining that that um content as well and so it's a really beautiful partnership uh they we you know they've also included folks from the community in Denver and and students and you know from Denver and Boulder to really help us pull the work forward and 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 evaluate and so it's been a beautiful partnership it really has given our work from student voice and leadership like the the rigor and the grounding to be able to position the work further inside of the district right because one of the challenges when we're looking at giving our students um, a, the resources and the toolkit and like the social emotional um, intelligence piece of learning um, you know the quantitative versus qualitative <laughs> data and research becomes you know questionable and oftentimes it it, it, it gets overlooked or underfunded um, and, and can go away really quickly because we don't have the data and the numbers to be able to to produce. And so it's been a really great process bringing it to this point in how we give the students specific tools and really encourage them to think about civic leadership and what that means and what it means to create change and policy through a policy lens and level um, is, is really 
really empowering for our community, our young people, and and those coming behind them. And so with the grant funding, as we move forward, one of the um, pieces that we haven't talked about, but we work with every student board team for student board specifically has a coach, and it's to, they're typically a teacher in the school and um, a teacher who has a, a, you know, a strong passion for this type of work um, and, and committed to, to really helping us build this out and, and create a school culture for the students and the school. And, but it, it's, it's also how do we then equip our teachers to have their toolkit, right, to be able to, to support our students when dealing and talking about these very, you know, deeply rooted, challenging, sensitive, touchy, emotional issues that we, we often as a society, as a society don't want to talk about, right? We also have... Can you name what some of these issues are that the students are working on? Because I think for some of our listeners, it's not, it's not always going to be obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the things that our students are really passionate about, um, you know, uh, and this will be district and school level, but sort of key things that always resurface, hiring and retaining teachers of color. And what that looks like, right? Um, ethnic studies, so Chicano studies, African American studies, um, Asian American studies, Native American studies. Why are these courses not being offered and required um, through our social studies and civics curriculum and 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 requirements? Um, and um, inequities around our, you know how we marginalize um, students of color, specifically male students of color, black and brown males at a a much higher rate than um, their white um, peers. And what do our, you know, our discipline policies look like when we're um, talking about, you know, the, the, the data that comes out saying that, you know, we suspend or, you know, give referrals to kindergartners, um, through a discipline policy and lens and how students are are tracked then right through through um through the system and so behavioral policies and um policing in schools um with with resource officers inside of our schools um restorative justice practices inside of our schools and how that can can really support a youth adult collaboration and partnership and how students can be engaged in in those processes um authentic student voice right like at the core of it all is authentic student voice like how um do we bring students to the table to be able to um have their voice heard and then also partner with them like it's not just enough to have our students voices heard at a table um it's it's the the action after that what are we doing to make sure that we are listening hearing and implementing some of the suggestions and things that our young people are saying they are the experts of their own education. And so how are we as adults going to embrace that and not reject it or, you know, keep inside of our own ego and control? Because that's oftentimes what happens, right? And so um, there's there's a lot of issues. The big issue right now that like our y'all crew is really pushing and leading for is, or leading in is the student voice, student vote 
campaign, which is uh, a campaign to lower the voting age to 16 to allow young people to vote for school board members. And that's a, a coalition of students from um, not only y'all students, but students from um, Colorado Youth Congress and Project Voice and some students from YASPA and Padres Jóvenes Unidos. So that's a real true um, student-led coalition, right? So it's um, it's about giving that space um, to lead. And so, so those are some of the other. Another one I think that is important to say is that some of our students in our schools that are predominantly students of color or um, a lot of our schools are predominantly Hispanic or Latino students, indigenous students, saying, why are our leadership programs and classes um, predominantly white students when the majority of our um student population is is non-white um, and really looking at some of the root causes of that inside of their school community right so really whatever they they um I yeah it's whatever they feel and and what's reflected inside of their school that they really start to to think about and push forward for those of you who've just tuned in you are listening to amplify stories of university community collaborations I'm your host Jennifer Siplett Amplify aims to raise the voices of community members and CU Boulder students, staff, and faculty who are working together in interesting and innovative ways to bridge the gap between university research and on-the-ground community efforts to create public impact and social change. Today, I am speaking with colleagues from the Denver Public Schools talking about the Student Voice and Leadership Program. I want to turn back now to Esperanza Garcia, who is a high school senior at South High School. Um, Esperanza, I'm curious about how a student who, you know, maybe is a freshman or a sophomore who's not currently involved, who maybe doesn't actually understand, thinking of like a student of color, a Latino student or, or an African-American student, Asian student, Native American student who feels like school's not the right place for them, like um, like they don't fit, like they're not really learning anything that feels relevant in their classrooms. How a student like that might find their way to a program like this, to action civics, to doing what we've been talking about, like reflecting on the school culture and the environment and the ways that it needs to change and then becoming an active participant in that change. How would a student find that pathway? I think there's a lot of things that a student can do. I think one of the first things you can do is maybe even like talk to your family. I feel like a lot of times we look towards like a programming or going to a certain specific place to go to. You're, you're and fine, you're fine, you're fine. I feel like a lot of times we just need to like look at ourselves and we need to look at our communities and stuff and ask questions, you know? We gotta ask questions of why are we here? Like why why is it that I'm in this situation? Other people are not. Why is it that all these things are happening? I would say use your social media as a tool. Like Today, in, our, in my generation, like, using social media is so powerful. Not even just social media, but also you can learn from that. Like, learn from your elders. Learn from all these different people. If you don't feel like you can fit inside of a school, if you don't feel like school is a place that's serving you in the way that you want to be served, you're not alone. A lot of kids feel the same way. A lot of kids, including myself, have felt like, I'm like, why should I even come here anymore if I'm not feeling like I'm accepted by my larger community? So what I've done in my school itself is I've created a Chicano studies class. I've created classes and I've found people in my in my community that I can actually talk to about it. Yeah, just um, becoming engaged with yourself, I think. 
It's one of the best things you can do for yourself, mm-hmm. putting yourself first. And is it something that the y'all the y'all program is doing like outreach within your schools, or is is it you know are you putting up flyers like or you know social media like what are mm-hmm. the ways that you're letting students who might not know about the SVL program mm-hmm. know that it's an option for them to get involved in? Mm-hmm. Some of our outreach includes like yeah we use social media a lot. We use social media and we reach out to students on current events, what's happening now, especially current news and events that happen within our school district. A lot of students are not hearing the truth about. A lot of times we hear rumors and stuff, uh, rumors through words and stuff. So we don't really know what the truth is happening. So we do use a lot of social media. We also do a lot of work within the district itself. So I think a lot of times we reach out to like middle schoolers and we might even go and do some of the y'all leaders who are in it right now as seniors and juniors will go to middle schools and reach out and talk to them and tell them what it's like to be civically engaged and kind of introduce them to that way of life. Not only that, but also I think we use a little bit of flyers. I think we might use a little (laughs) bit of flyers here and there. Uh, That and a lot of it is also through word of ear. Like, I think I was brought into y'all from my good friend, Jua Fletcher, and he had brought me in it, brought me in it. I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into it at first. I was like, nah, man. I was like, the district. I was like, nah. I was like, I'm not down with that. And then I came in and I was like, wow, these are some, some cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to censor myself. I was like, Ooh. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of it is just through that. Like, like I said, like, if you find like the people that you are most connected with, find the people that you resonate the most with then I think that you can that you can find your passion and you can find what power pulls you in so I thank Jua Fletcher for that wonderful um and so it does sound like with this grant the goal is that this is where we're kind of wrapping up the show here but um that it does seem that the goal is to expand the program and make it bigger and make it a model that can be replicated by other urban districts around the country is that is is, is that correct that's absolutely um, sort of our large goal. <laughs> like our big, our big goal is to really think about how this model can be replicated nationally, and the the direct funds will really help us think about how we put tools and resources in the hands of our teachers, and really reaching more teachers to really think about how they can also for lack of better terms, revolutionize their classroom, right, Um, in in, in the way that they teach and bring social justice and current events and issues um, into any any piece of curriculum, but but also, you know, give them the tools and resources. So creating a, a professional development unit within the district and really onboarding and and put and, and reaching more educators is one of the main focuses of the goals, I mean, of the grant, um, and obviously to to expand, right? We, we want to be able to to reach more um, students and, and schools across the board. So that that's what we'll be focusing on is, is really, um, that's what the, uh, the brilliance that the researchers bring to the table when we're talking about the educators piece. Um, I'd like to ask Sole a question, if that yeah, is, oh, please, yeah. um, before yeah. we wrap up. Yes, if you could absolutely. speak to um, y'all specifically in like the power of the space for students of color and what what that has given you um, to be able to meet other students, and 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 just what that's that's like. I know we talk about that in y'all mm-hmm. a lot, but I think that having a space. I, I don't know. Before I begin to answer that question, like I said before, in my Senate class at my school, I felt like, I always felt like, I, again, I didn't have a GPA to do it. I was I was literally, like, marginalized because my grades weren't there. Mm. I wanted to be civically engaged, 
My teacher told me my grades weren't there, so I couldn't be in it. And I was looking for a space, an outlet to go to. And I was like, where? I also noticed that that's, that class as well is predominantly white. And I was like, and I at least I could represent my community being there. And uh, within within the young African-American Latino leaders, I feel like having a space that's just only students of color is really powerful. It's really empowering. It gives like students, like, it makes us feel at home, I feel like. I feel like a lot of times it makes us just want to, like, want to express ourselves more. A lot of times we're not given the space to do it, especially in a classroom where most of our teachers are white female teachers and don't understand this. So a lot of times when we have somebody in our fa- in our lives who are who are people of color who also understand this and understand our struggle within the school, inside the classrooms, the microaggressions that we face every day, I think that that itself is just, it's a comfort. It's a safe zone where we can go to and we can express ourselves freely without judgment from someone calling us racist or someone calling us that we're, we're too far out where we can be like where we want to be, where we can be radical and we can be, and we can really truly express our voices. Um, you have been listening to Amplify, stories of university community collaborations. I'm your host, Jennifer Siplett, and you can hear us on KGNU the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. If you've missed the radio show airing, you can also listen to this and past episodes of Amplify anywhere you get your podcasts or on www.colorado.edu backslash see you engage. Just go to wherever you find your podcasts and search for see you engage Amplify. And we encourage you to subscribe. And if you're so inclined, give us a five star rating so that other people can more easily find our show. Thank you so much to my guests. I hope you will tune in again next month. Thank you. Thank you.